Hello and welcome back to part two of the Short Ball Potty. Welcome back to Big Lazar's League and all rugby league experience. Now, we're going to start this one off by talking about the Parramatta Eels. Again, if you missed the last one, go back to the last one and have a listen because it is an absolute cracker. But right now, you are in part two of the Short Ball Potty. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Away to tap, and then it's gone on to Gagai. And Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting. And he puts it over the line for a finals try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katara, the trick finish. Big Lazar's lead. We'll move on to a, to a topic a bit closer to home. Mm. Now I've got I've got very high hopes for the boys this year, but if you had a dollar for every time Para fans said it's our year this year, you'd be a you'd be a bloody millionaire. Um mm. I'd be riding away on my yacht. We'd be doing this podcast and I'd have a background on. I'd be on my yacht yeah. um with oh it, it, I'd be rich. Riding into my mansion. I'd be sitting yeah. on a throne made of gold and diamonds. I'd be just living it up. I'd be having lobster and caviar plated to me and I'd just... No, I'd be fed peeled yeah. grapes. There'd be a lady sitting next to me peeling grapes and feeding them to me. <laughs> exactly right. In my mouth like that. But, oh. <laughs> but if I'm being complete, like this year, I, I've never been more confident in the boys after the um, finals performances they put up and after the way they turned it around after getting pumped into the ground by Manly and by South and by every bloody team that's in the top four or top top six. But um, the way they turned around to beat Melbourne, to then beat the Knights in not the most convincing fashion, but they got it done in the finals. Um, and then up against Penrith where I may be biased, but we were robbed. <laughs> Maybe oh, bias. Maybe a little bit, little bit of bias. Nah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll let it go. I'll let it sleep. My complete honest opinion on that Paraverse Penrith game is that we weren't robbed in the sense that we would have won if the calls had gone our way, but it didn't give us a fair crack at beating them. Um, mm. If if we had, say, that Jerome Lloyd pulling back on Mitchell Moses' call go our way or or – What's the other one? The the shepherd from Nathan Cleary, which resulted in their try. There was a few do- there was a few dodgy calls, right? And I, I hate bagging out the refs, and I try to not I try to not do it because I know they've got a hard job. But there was a few dodgy calls in that game, and a few calls of the bunker should have been looking over as well. So mm. we don't we weren't robbed, but we certainly didn't have a fair opportunity at beating them. It, now, we're I, in the contest. I'm going to say that right yeah. now. Pa- Parramatta were in that contest and they looked like winning winners. it. They looked, they, you looked like winners. I'm, I reckon if that Ray Stone pass hits, it hits um, Junior Paulo on the chest and you, you guys score and you win the game. Yeah. Like, well, even if you just put it into context, right? If Reed Marnie was there, if Reed <sighs> Marnie was there on that game, I reckon we win and not win well, but. I reckon we win maybe by ten points because I reckon you scored at least two more two tries at the yeah. back end of that game when Penrith the tied and when, when Ray Stone was Ray Stone was tied and look he copped a lot of criticism for that game but 
He's not a first choice hooker. He just played. He he made seventy five thousand tackles a week before without a miss. And he's a defensive unit. He yeah. is a defensive unit. But I the, love watching Ray Stone. But the fact that he played big minutes and in the last twenty minutes of a finals game without being a proper half, like <sighs> he shouldn't have been dropping all those balls that he did. But look, he, oh, he in the past now. But my biggest question is. Will they improve on their final series run, which was impressive to say the least, or will they will they sink as they have in the last couple of years? Depends what happens in the next three weeks. Yeah, they've given Gutho, they've given Gutho, Junior Paulo, and uh, Reed Marnie. I think it's like a few days to pick if they're going to re-sign with the club or not. A take it or leave it opportunity. The uh, I think I saw a Michael Chamas report that came out literally a few hours ago that said that they've literally got 24 hours to make this decision as to whether they're going to take it or leave it, um, which is a scary thought for Parramatta's fans because you'd be biting off all your nails just hoping that these guys re-sign, especially Gutho, who is a captain in this side. Junior Paulo, who's an awesome front rower, probably one of the best front rowers. I wouldn't say one. I wouldn't say the best, but definitely up in the conversation of the best, one of the best front rowers in the game, yeah. even in big moments, especially. And then Reed Mahoney, who has been rumored for a lot of clubs and is off contract pretty soon. It's going to be a scary thought for Parramatta fans. You'd literally be biting your nails, hoping that these guys I've sign the contract. Been sitting here, just I've got all these um. I've got all these swipe marks here on my phone because I'll sit there yeah. swiping, refreshing Twitter to see if there's any bloody news on Reed Marnie. Look, yeah. I, I made a post um, a few weeks ago now about what I'd prioritise um, for the Parramatta Eagles. I had Reed at the top of that list with at least 10 years left in his career, at least. He's an mm. origin caliber hooker, even though he might be, he might get Jake Friend syndrome where he's just sitting in behind one of the be- one of the best hookers we'll ever see. Um, yeah, I don't know if Harry Grant will become that, but you know it, it certainly could be possible. And mm. I think the dummy half is such an important position as well. Like if we let Reed go and we end up with Mitch Rain, I guarantee you we fall out of the top eight. Not because Mitch Rain's a bad player, but because the the level of Reed Marnie and his service to you guys like Mitchell Moses and your Dylan Browns allows them to play the game that they play. Mitchell Moses oh. was only an origin caliber half because he had the service of Reed Marnie to just give him all the time and space in the world. Oh, plus the defense and the kicking game in the big moments. This guy was plugging 40-20s out of dummy half and making, what, like 45 to 50 tackles a game? Yeah. Like, he... Well, <laughs> he set a standard for that hooker role at Parramatta. And Mitch Rain is a fantastic hooker, but I just don't think it is the same caliber. Like, like you say, it, it's just it's not a very similar caliber hooker to Reed Mahoney. And if he doesn't play Origin, he'll probably be one of the best players not to play in Origin. Not the best, but definitely in the conversation of one of the best hook dummy halves not to get that jersey. He yeah. seriously... Definitely in the conversation for current one of the one of the current best hookers, inform hookers in the game at the moment. Because hundred percent things I've seen him do is it, it blows me away. Sometimes it really does. It, it he sets a standard at that Parramatta side just with the little things that he pulls off. And yeah. I really hope that Parramatta really resign him for Parramatta's sake. 
Um, he was, was obviously the you might have seen it the photo with him and Trent Barrett and Phil Gould broke, broke me a little heart. Broke it me is scary, heart. and he's followed the Bulldogs on Instagram as well. Um, um, and I'm pretty sure he was a Bulldogs. Um, we poached him from the Bulldogs. So I think he was a Bulldog. Yeah, he was. He played. He played uh, New South Wales Cup for Newtown and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, so, so I saw that photo after seeing the Brandon Smith one as well. I saw that photo of Reed Money with Trent Barrett in that uh in that little uh, dining room, and I was like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he'd be no. shedding a little tear there. It would um, not be. I was fun. in the first. Uh, part of the five stages of grief i was just in denial like no it's not reed <laughs> find me proof that yeah reed. this isn't reed this is just someone that looks like reed this is reed's twin brother stop yeah, something <laughs> like that it's reed's little brother who's playing howard match who they're looking at signing <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if reed ha- reed doesn't have a little brother but jesus christ i was so filthy when i saw that photo come out i was like if para let reed go i'll be filthy um oh that's yeah, it. Bulldogs Bulldogs fans would be leaping up and down with joy if this signing goes ahead. And then you've obviously got Parrot fans who would be sh- shattered, shattered. Oh, oh, this, this goes ahead. I know I didn't have uh, Adam Reynolds and I didn't have uh, – I didn't experience him leaving, but if Reid Marnie leaves, I, I can imagine it would be the same feeling as what you South fans. Oh, I don't know about that. Look, yeah. I, I think it will be very similar – I don't think it'll be the same. Adam Reynolds was a club legend. This guy was South Sydney through and through. I just put he, an up for, I'll just put an argument up for that, though. Adam Reynolds is a guy that's already won a premiership for you. Where Freed Marnie leaves, that is future premierships walking out of the building. Like the premierships that we didn't get to experience. And in my uh, short life, um, I have not witnessed a Parramatta victory, so... We need to get our shit together. I'll tell you that. Tell you what, I think it's not only a premiership window for Reed Mahoney that's walking out the door, but it's a premiership window for the Parramatta Eels for a long time. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but like in all seriousness, it is. I think. I think it. Reed Mahoney plays a big part in that team, and I know the boys around him know that as well. And if. Uh- if he goes, it's going to be a scary thought. The only thing that I'm just sort of holding out to is that maybe we might have another hooker that come in and can replace because we've still got a gun side and Brad Arthur's done a brilliant job with Parramatta and developing players. So um, if we can get another – we won't find another Reed Marnie, I'll tell you that, unless oh, unless we do. But um, It'll certainly be interesting how we can go without Reed. If we do lose Reed, I'm hoping we don't. I'm hoping we honestly hoping we sign him on a five year contract. Just stay with this lad. I'll offer him. I'd offer him eight hundred thousand a year. To be completely honest, oh, I'd offer. I'd offer him. I'd offer him a pretty similar amount. He's definitely worth it. He's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, another bloke, another young bloke um, for Parramatta, who's. Um, a guy that I've got massive raps on and who's copped a lot of criticism lately is Dylan Brown. Now, what's your opinion on him at the moment? Do you think he's sort of over overhyped or overrated, or do you think he's do you think he's underrated? Do you think he's um a lot better than what people sort of think he is? I wouldn't say he's overrated. I'd say he's overhyped for what he is. And I'm not saying he's bad, I'm saying he's really good just not in the aspect that everyone wants him to be. Mm. And I'll explain what I mean. He he isn't 
the best attacking half, but he is one of the best defensive halves. He had a 95% tackle efficiency for the year. Now, from a half, that is huge. That is huge. I don't know if in Cleary got something pretty similar, but, I mean, that's a forward stat. That is a forward stat, 95% tackle efficiency. Well, the best for a half to be pulling that off. Alex Twell, who had like 98.9 or something like that. And I know Dylan Brown, when I was looking at the stats, he wasn't too far behind him. Yeah, it, it's – I mean – and I get it. I mean, he might have to do a slight improvements on his attack going into next season. But, geez, he's got to have some bigger apps for his defense. Some of the defensive yeah. plays I saw him pull off this season were unreal. Like, he made it. I remember him making a tackle. I think it was on someone from Brisbane um, right before they're about to score a try. It comes uh, up behind. Isaac Lumi Lumi, I think it was for Storm uh, around 25. Yes. Yeah, it was actually that's that's right. He was, and he grabbed from behind him and pulled him back and saved a try, a, pretty much a definite try. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, God, he he's getting criticism for one reason when he's absolutely smoking in another reason, and yeah. and that uh, and look that that isn't to say he's a bad attacking player, but it's something that he will need to improve on. I yeah. think that he's a he's a he's a really talented guy and. We have seen little sparks of him really going well at in attack. Like he's, he's set up a few tries this season. He's done some great things. I just think it is an area that he de- needs to improve on a tiny, tiny bit uh, if he wants to shadow that crit- criticism. Yeah. I'll tell you my thing with Dylan Brown is because he's such a good defensive player, I know he has the base to be to just be a great player all around because he, he ticks off all the effort areas, which is what mm. BA is massive on. And I think... People, people just don't appreciate the fact that he has he has blistering acceleration. Maybe not speed, but blistering acceleration. You mm. see his try up against the Titans. He sees a little bit of a gap. He's straight through it. And you saw when he was coming yeah. up through the ranks, he had a lethal, well, not a lethal. It wasn't like a Roger Tulvasas check sort of step, but it was a it was a on this way now on that way sort of step where you just went. Well, who's defending that? And he had the speed to get through him. The problem is at the moment is he's had a few of those moments, but he hasn't been able to break the line. Maybe he's lost a yard or two of pace. Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe lost a stepping game, the, the agility that he might have had. But I know he's got the foundation there to be a great attacking player. And to be completely honest, I've said this a fair few times and, I think him playing off the back of someone would honestly be the best go. Just let him run. Cause he's not, mm. he doesn't have the best passing game. If we're being completely honest, like he's not, he's not going to break. He's not going to break the line open through his passing game. He's, it's his running game. That's his attacking X factor. Um, and obviously he's got that defensive defensive build, which is, which is phenomenal. So I think he's got the grounds there to be a great player. Um, I, I don't know if he's, he's, I'd say he's underrated at the moment, but he was probably overhyped after his first season in a sense mm. where everybody thought he was just going to be phenomenal straight off the blocks. The kid's only mm. 21, 21 or 22 maybe at oldest. So I think give him a few more years, let him develop his running game a little bit because he is quick and he's got, he's just got, he'll, he'll put you off your, he'll put you off your balance with his stepping yeah. game. So you'll be able to, He'll be able to hone his running game in the next few years and he'll be able to go well. 
Yeah, um, look, he's very, very quick off the mark. Um, and he, he look, oh, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops in the next few years. I think if if Parramatta had a roaming lock or someone around that he could just play off as well, I know Mitchell. That's why we see Mitchell Moses doing a lot of work and. It could be a reason why Parramatta were lacking a bit of success because I think like Mitchell Moses would have had a lot of weight on his shoulders to sort of carry the team around the park and it would have had a lot of pressure on him. Uh, and then you've got obviously a Dylan Browner making huge defensive plays. Um, I think if either Dylan Brown fixes up the attacking, which is not a huge issue, but it's something that he could fix up. If he sort of improves that attacking... Uh, standpoint a little bit. I reckon that'd be fantastic. Or if they just had someone coming off the bench playing that roaming lock role to take a bit of pressure off Mitchell Moses, would that'd be great. And Mitch Rain can play that role. Mitch Rain could just come on as a roaming lock maybe in the last 20 minutes of the first half, the last 20 minutes of the second half, I reckon. That'd be really good for a team uh, like the Mario. Yep. I, I don't want to say Dylan Brown the one thing that I think Dylan Brown is massively lacking in is his long kicking game. His short kicking game has always been really good, but his long kicking game certainly needs fixing. Um, his bombs, all that sort of thing. But um, we'll leave Dylan Brown behind for now. We'll talk about uh, the Rabbitohs for a little bit. Firstly, who do you think is a replacement for Reynolds? Because personally, I've got I've got a multitude of answers for this question. And then we'll talk about their draw in their first five games, which is absolute blockbusters. So this is what I think is going to happen. Um, they've obviously signed Anthony Milford. And with Anthony Milford come a lot of experience, um, especially with all his years at Brisbane. Really great player there, Anthony Milford. So... Personally, I think that's a blessing and a curse signing. Uh, it could go either way for the Rabbitohs. Um, but I do see him playing a 14, uh, sorry, a 14 role in that club. Then you've got Blake Taff. He played halfback in the SG ball, played halfback in the jersey flag, uh, played halfback pretty much throughout reserve grade, uh, and then comes into first grade playing uh, fullback. Um, so very interesting one there. Um, I think he'd be a great choice. I just don't think he'd suit Cody because I think they play very similar games where they're just that create something out of nothing type of player and they need someone to play off. Uh, and then you've got Lachlan Ilias, um, who actually partners Blake Taff in the halves and is that guy that you can play off and uh, sort of controls the team. Maybe you know he plays in the six. He could definitely play in the seven and just control the team and take the team around the park. Um, the only thing that concerns me with Ilias is he hasn't played much first grade. Mm. Um, so I think what would happen um, is maybe for the first 10, 15 rounds, we see Taff playing in the seven and Milford coming off the bench to replace Taff a little bit. Um, I think Because I think that's what Milford's brought to the club to do. I think Milford's just brought to the cl- club to develop the younger blokes. Um, so we see that for the first 10 to 15 weeks and then we see Ilias start to come off the bench a bit as, um, uh, and just play that 14 role, come on for Taff and sort of just blood him into it. Mm. And we see that throughout the year. And then I think this is a real development year for South Sydney, to be honest. I don't, I don't see them, if they do make the top eight, I don't see them going that far. I think it is a 
look at my roster. Let's see how what we can do with it sort of year, um, yeah. just finding out what we've got and how we can use it. And then next, the 2023, I think, is the year where they're going to blood uh, Lachlan Ilias and probably potentially play him at halfback with Cody Walker. That's just my opinion. Um, but it, it, could, it, it can go even either way. Blake Taff could be the next halfback for South Sydney. I don't know. That's what the media is saying at the moment. But that's just my opinion. What about you? What are your thoughts about this? Um, so I'm the, I'm obviously not a South fan, so I, I probably wouldn't <laughs> know the ins and outs of their team and who they've got coming through the ranks. But what I will say is round one and two, Blake Taft plays fullback, Lachlan Ilias plays seven. Because I do think they need to blood him in because I think he is a special talent um, if they can develop him right. I think that round yeah. game up around oh, 25 game up against the dragons where he made his debut. I thought it was really good. Um, and you know what I loved the most about that game was the fact that you had Lachlan Ilias. Oh, you had, um, oh, I can't remember who was inside him, but you, he had somebody inside him who was playing like the Cameron Murray role. Lachlan Ilias was playing the Adam Reynolds role. He'd go out the back to Blake Taff and Blake Taff was putting, I think it was Jackson Paulo in over the corner. You saw that exact shape run the exact same way that the um, the first uh, choice side would have run it, which I think was really impressive. And I think long-term, like I think because Cody Walker's probably only got two or three more years left with South. I think long-term, that's the combination you want to be running is Lachlan Ilias and uh, Blake Taft because they definitely played that Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker style role. Even though Blake Taft was playing fullback that game, I'm I'm pretty sure on, but that that does look like a good combination. And as you said, they've they've played together SG ball jersey flag all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the first two rounds I've got Lachlan Ilias just playing seven, Blake Taft playing one, and I really like Blake Taft at the one. He had some very very nice carries out the back. He he um he absorbed the pressure really nicely in that final series. I thought he was a really good player. And I even said to you, if Rabbitohs were to win, I had Blake Taff as a smoky for the Clive Churchill. Um I do think though long term Blake, well not long term, but for for the remainder of the year, Blake Taff probably plays there just due to more experience. Um and he's too good of a player to leave out. We already know that. Um, so that might just get him over the edge over Lachlan Ilias. But I think rounds one and two are sort of experimental to see who you put there. Because if Lachlan Ilias comes out and plays out of his skin, look, you got to you got to give it to the kid. Yeah, um, I think it is going to be the perfect time to do that. I think with Latrell still on suspension, I'm pretty sure until we verse the Sydney Roosters. They've, they've played um, that perfectly, haven't they? Oh, they've played that so well. I think they've done that on purpose as well. I think oh. they've put the draw like that on purpose for sure. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, look, uh, it's it's going to be a hard one, honestly. I, I do like Lachlan Ilias. Uh, and it, and as, as I said, it's the perfect time to do it with a trail out. I personally think that if they're blooding halves combinations, they'd put Cody at one just for those first few games. They'd have Taff at halfback, Lachlan Lee at 5'8", just like it was at the SG ball and let them play the combination they were playing back in reserve grade and let them do the things they were doing. Um, or even vice versa. You can put Lachlan Lee at halfback, break to have a 5'8", whatever, whatever works well. 
um, because that's that's as you said, it's the it's the future of South Sydney. It's the future halves pairing, and you'd want to see how they go in the halves together. And Cody Walker basically plays like a fullback anyway. He just comes around and sort of roams the field looking for the ball. He's always around the ball, Cody Walker. So I think he really suits that fullback role regardless. He sort of plays a similar role at that 5'8 spot. Um, so, yeah, it'd be very. it's going to be very interesting to see how South look in 2022. There's a bunch of combinations they could go for. Um, yeah, as a South supporter, I'm shitting the bed. Um, but, look, it is what it is, and I, I personally can't wait. It's going to be – it's a new chapter – Obviously, without Adam Reynolds, as sad as it is, um, it is a new chapter, and I can't wait to see the young blokes coming through. I've got a bold prediction. I don't think you'll like this one. I don't think the Souths make the eight this year. I just don't see. I just don't <sighs> see a world where they've. I think they've declined heavily, whilst other teams around them has improved massively. Well, we're we're sitting here talking about the players, and really, we should be talking about the coach. Wayne Bennett's just left the building. Wayne those Bennett's first, gone. Those first and five. And Jason rounds. Demetrio, who is has no head coach. No, and this is no dig on Jason Demetrio. He's my assistant coach for God's sake. Um, but he has no head coaching experience. I know they've got John Morris in the building who has a bit of um, head coach experience, whether they play a bit of double coach, like little dummy double whammies where um, John Morris does have a little bit of say in terms of head coaching. Um it's going to be very interesting, but this is a guy that's replacing Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Wayne Bennett has a huge impact in the building, and as soon as he walks out, it's trouble. It is trouble for any yeah. club. Like he it's walked out of the Broncos building, Knights. and they won the wooden they won the wooden spoon that the next year. Like the Knights won trouble. three of them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really scary. Yeah. Um, now, whether Jason Demetrio has the respect of the boys already or whether he has to earn it during this season, Wayne Bennett's a guy that when he's talking in the sheds, everyone's quiet. Jason Demetrio, does he have the same impact? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't seen him speaking the in the sheds. Or is Wayne Bennett? Like, you come up against a Wayne Bennett coach team and you're going, all right, what's the master coach going to do to me this time? How is he going to pick me apart? And how is he yeah. going to get the boys up and ready to play? But then when you're versing a Jason Demetrio side, you just focus on watching tape and just going, sweet, this is what they're doing. Yeah. Like not not to say Jason Demetrio isn't a good coach or anything. It's just a completely different aura mm. of well, – um, just to yeah, just to reword what you said, when you go up against a Wayne Bennett team, it's what's Wayne Bennett doing. But when you go up against a when you go up against a Jason Demetrio team, it's what's the players doing. Yeah, as you said, watch tape, look at the side, uh, and then yeah, it, it, it's just it's easy as that. But you never know what's going to happen with Wayne Bennett, and that's the best part about him. And that leaving the building, it is going to make South so much easier to take apart. Personally, and this is my team. And I'm making this prediction personally. I don't think they're going to beat a top eight side this season as as well because they're going to be under the pump a bit. Maybe they'll beat one or two, but when they come up against Melbourne, when they come up against Penrith, uh, it is going to be lights out because yeah. I just don't know if they are ready for that yet. Um, it's a scary thought. I personally look at South Sydney's uh, recruitment and I – Oh, not their recruitment, but who they've let go. And I just think they're in a little bit of Barney. 
because you got guys like, well, Adam Reynolds is probably one of your biggest ones. Wayne Bennett leaving the building. Like, Jesus Christ. Newcastle Knights, three wooden spoons, and the Broncos a wooden spoon the year after he left. Um, Dane Gagai, who I think is going to be extremely underrated as a loss for you defensively. He was able to shore up that edge. Um, and, well, offensively, we know what he can do when he's on. And I know this year he was playing phenomenally and he, he probably wasn't the couple of years before. He probably wasn't playing his best. But when he's in origin form, he's one of the best centers in the game. Um, and Jaden Sewer, another massive loss for you as well. So with only really replacing them with a guy like Anthony Milford, who he'll probably only play 14. And we'll just go back on to, well, not back on to Jason Demetro, but the South Sydney's first five games is going to be a massive test for Jason Demetro. Mm. Oh, yeah. They're basically versing the entire top four in the first three weeks of football. It's 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 honestly gonna be tough, and it's gonna show, it's gonna show Demetrio's true colors. It's gonna show what Demetrio can do in a in a side that has lost big name players, a big name coach. It is gonna be a real test to see what Jason Demetrio can do, and it is gonna set the tone for the season. Um, so Adam Reynolds lost. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you mind me going back to this, but the Adam Reynolds loss was a weird one because Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker are the same age. Yeah. So they offered up. They they let go of Adam Reynolds. They offered him a one year contract, and that was just disrespectful, in my opinion. I reckon you offer him at least a two year to three year deal, and then if he retires, he retires. And they offered him the one year and he didn't take it. Obviously, went off to the Broncos. Then they offered Cody Walker the same deal, which I, th- which really blew, blew my mind. I was shitting the bed because I was thinking, are we about to lose Cody Walker as well? Like, what are you guys doing? Mm. And then Cody Walker signs the contract and I'm like, phew. Uh, yeah. That is a blessing for South. Um, and then we basically, we the reason we got rid of Adam Reynolds in the first place was to get was to re-sign Dane Gagai. And we lost Dane Gagai as well. Yeah. Um, and that hurt. That really hurt as a South fan. And I reckon it hurt the fans of rugby league because we had just lost our club man. Like when you think of South Sydney, you think of Adam Reynolds and even just watching him in, in the Brisbane in the Brisbane jerseys and saying, Broncos fans, this is your year. Look, oh, it, 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 it made me cry. It did because... It doesn't seem right, that photo of Adam Reynolds in Broncos kit. I'm just sitting there thinking like, have you seen the video? Have you seen the video, the advertisement for Broncos going into 2022? And he was in the new Broncos jersey and he literally did this one. He goes, Broncos fans, this is our year. Like, yeah, it, it, it made me shiver down my spine because it was like, it, it, it was as if Adam Reynolds was never at the Rabbitohs at all. Yeah. It, it scared me. It scared me. The way um, he carried himself, though, through that whole thing, I was really impressed with the fact. Oh, that I'm so going on. And it. it's a bit weird for me to say this because I'm a freaking 16 year old kid, but I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the, of the way he handled that situation um, in terms of saying, "Okay, I'll, I'm going to ask you again, guys. Are you going to offer me something else? Come on." At least, at least a two-year or a three-year, I'll take that. This is my club. Da 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 da. Stay loyal, 
for months and months and months. And what do they do? Sorry, mate. This is the one-year contract you've been offered. If you don't take it, you don't take it. And he ends up leaving. I think it's, from, no it's one of the biggest. It's one of the biggest bed shits I've ever seen in terms of recruitment. Like you can talk about the Tigers' recruitment issues all you want. That Rabbitohs recruitment this year was oh. Tigers esque. Plucky was. You know what? That's like that's like the Knights going up to Andrew Johns and saying, "Hey, mate, um, we're going to offer you a one year contract. Um, would you, do you want to take it, or you can go? You can go if you want, but we'll, you can take this contract." Or even Penrith going up to Nathan Cleary. Hey, mate, you want this one-year contract? Oh, you can take it if you want, but you can leave if you want to. It was just weird. It was just weird because he's in his prime uh, and he's old, but he's in his prime. I'll tell you what I'd compare it to, and I'll compare you to the Tigers again. It's like letting Benji Marshall walk out the door with still another year. It was. It really was. It broke my heart. And it was disrespectful as well, the same way that – Tigers disrespected Benji Marshall and that it was disrespect from the Rabbitohs. I'm honestly surprised Benji Marshall went back to the coaching staff for the for Tigers after the two times that they've kicked him out. Oh, I feel bad for Benji, to be honest. He deserved to be a one-club man. He deserved to win premierships at the Tigers, multiple of them. So, um, look, Dylan, uh, Benji Marshall, one of my favourites. Um, one of my favourites player, and I know I grew up doing the flick pass in the backyard and shit like that, so... I love oh, that. I still do it. I'm a front rower and I'm still popping <laughs> Lucy in a, in a flicky. Oh, you know, just the odd, the old. I'm all over it. I'm all over it and I'm in the front row. You watch out. <laughs> I'm the most dynamic um, front rower that you'd probably. They call seen. you Big Les for a reason. They call me Big Les for a reason. Big Les. Big, big, muscly 5'8. With the goosey, with the flicky, mate, I've got it all. I've got it all. Watch um, out. Let me just talk. We'll just go back to the um, South first five games. To be completely honest, I only see you winning one of them, really. Mm. You've got what? You've got Broncos first game, which you're up against Adam Reynolds. And if if the Broncos beat you round one, that sets a horrible tone for the season, especially considering the bloke who you let go. Mm. Just we turn. made the grand final. We made the grand final. So our confidence is up here. If we lose to the Broncos, it just goes <laughs> gone, gone. And then we versus Penrith the next week. So oh, it's there and we just go. It, <laughs> is it Penrith week two or is it Penrith week four? It's, it's, I think it's Penrith week two or maybe it's Manly. I think it's Manly. either Penrith or Manly. I, um, hold on. Let me have a look at this. I've got to have a look. Um, Hold on. It's still scary. It's it's so scary. We're basically versing the whole top four. Yeah, no, I know. So, okay, round one, you have the Broncos at prime time on a Friday. Oh, oh, oh. That gets me up. Oh. And, that gets me up and about for sure. Then the next week, you have the Melbourne Storm. Oh, the Storm. That's even worse. That's just Jeez. like a... Right. <laughs> so, like off the off- scale. Oh, at this point, I've got you as 0-2 because I think Adam Reynolds comes out and says, bro, why'd you let me go? Drop 30 on your head. Um, Mate, there's a scale for the, the, the how confidence and how much it drops. Yeah. If we lose to Brisbane and the Storm, well, like we're off the scale. We're, like there's a bottom of the scale and we're below it. Like yeah. that's it, our confidence. 
if you just lose to Brisbane, you're getting pounded into the earth by the storm. And then with Latrell Mitchell back, you just get to verse the Roosters in what will be the most heated clash probably we'll ever witness. It'll be oh, one of the greatest games. And they've put that on Friday primetime as well. They know what they're doing. They Saint do, don't they? Volandis knows what he's doing. That's big too. That is big. Because Latrell will come back. We'll get a little tiny bit of ounce of confidence. Maybe we go back on the scale. But then, you know, uh, Luke Keery's back. Lindsay Collins is back. Joey Manu. Latrell. To be completely honest, I've got the Roosters top of the table and maybe even winning the comp next year with with the guys they have back in the points they put up. And I honestly don't blame you. I think they've just got one of the best rosters at the moment. Obviously, with the signing of Connor Watson, who they've got uh, coming off the, uh, I think playing nine actually. I think he's playing the hooker role. Um, but that, uh, that's a fantastic signing. I think he's a really talented guy, and it's a definitely a big way, not to revive his career, but just get it up and going. Um, yeah. He's a he's awesome, Connor Watson. He's probably one of my favorite players, and definitely one of my favorite personalities um, yeah. in terms of players. Um, and then James Tedesco, who. Yeah has been the captain of captains lately. This the He's been he, – he's blown me. He's blown me away with what he did in 2021. Um, and then Luke Keary coming back. Lindsay Collins, who was an origin front rower, coming back into the system. Victor Radley, if he goes well with his suspension stuff, if he doesn't get suspended that much during this uh, next season, he's going to be a freak. Oh, Satili Tupanua, who has just shown what type of player and what personality, what um, what I don't know what the word is to describe it, but he is just the pinnacle of um, just the standard that he sets. Um, yeah. Sure, you got injuries. I can fill in here. I can fill in there. He really, he he really just set an, a new standard at the Roosters as well. He sort of helped set that standard. Satili Tupanua and while most people will disagree, I think he was fantastic. Roosters have an amazing roster, and it is going to be scary for South yeah. Sydney going into into that game. So week three, that's when it's going to be a massive clash. It's, if you do manage to win that game, all props to you, but you'll probably be coming into the next week absolutely buggered. Whoever you verse next week, and I'll let you know who you verse in the next week. Grand final rematch. You're taking on the Penrith Panthers. So you've just gone. Oh. You've just gone. Broncos, oi, Adam Reynolds, carve them apart because they let you go, dog you. Then you go, yeah. oh, let's verse the Melbourne Storm, who have been the best team in the comp for the last 50 years. <sighs> and let's go to the Roosters, where you've got Latrell Mitchell returning and everybody in that team wants your head. And, oh, it's also the longest rivalry in the NRL, just an age-old rivalry. It's the biggest rivalry in the NRL. Pounders into the earth. Panthers, grand final rematch. <sighs> Best team in the comp um, in terms of if you want to go off last year, best team in the comp and the year before that, best team in the comp. Round five, you got the Dragons. So there you go. There's your one of – there's your one win of the first five. Honestly, we are going to be like buggers an understatement for how we're going to be up against the Dragons. We're gonna be as cheekily beaters. <laughs> we're gonna limp. We're gonna limp on the field. Like there's gonna be guys limping on the field. And then um, George, Burgess. I'd strap a bottle of Gatorade to the side of my head just so I could get a bit of energy while I'm running out yeah. onto the field. Like, oh my god, we'd be. 
buggered. Absolutely buggered. After then the those Burgess years. brothers will be trying to take each other's heads off. Oh, George Burgess comes. I forgot about that too. George Burgess is in that dragon side. Holy shit. Yeah, no, we're going to die. It's going to be. We're going to die. Five rounds of absolute chaos for the Rabbitohs. He's gonna, he might even score a try, George Burgess, in that what? game. He might even fucking score a try. He might I'll just pound what, over I'll tell for you a what, try. That's throwing in some good odds as well. That's probably like. That is a good odd. For George He'll, I reckon he's going to barge some guys over. He's just. Oh, he's he probably bumped his brother off. Oh, God, could you imagine? George V. <laughs> Tom, like the conversation we thought we never were going to have. Like George Burgess. Crazy. George Burgess just goes, dunk on his brother, sidesteps Latrell Mitchell and scores under the sticks. <laughs> oh, oh sidesteps Latrell Mitchell is a bit far, but I definitely think that he sure. there's going to be a bit of juice between him and his brother for sure. Sure. It's going to be a scary thought. I'll be cheering on George Burke. Very, very scary. To try that game, to be completely honest. Well, that is it for part two of the Short Ball podcast. And while this was a longer part, it is such an easy listen. I found that it is just full of laughs, full of dribble, and some rugby league content in there as well. Absolute cracker of a podcast. Make sure if you haven't listened to part one, you go back, you listen to part one. And make sure when part three comes out that you're onto that 24-7 because it is an absolute cracker. An absolute cracker, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you for choosing Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Shout out to the Shortball Podcast. If you haven't followed him on Instagram or on any other platforms that I may not know of, make sure you go and follow him. He's... Instagram is the short ball underscore all lowercase. So make sure you go and give him a ripe old follow. Recommend this podcast to a friend. And I'll see you guys in the next one.